Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hi, everyone listening. It's Oddcast with me, Dreadful Dan G, and as always, Mr. Sam. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That sounded rather uh, unhealthy. What was happening there? <laughs> yeah, just vomiting. Sorry, <laughs> the, the mere sight of, of your face. Oh, charming. <laughs> um, so, Sam, obviously coming from a nice little uh, sort of uh, quiet seaside town there. Mm. Relatively happy, peaceful place. Yeah, I'd say so. But can you imagine if one day a powerful secret criminal organisation took over? Oh, you mean the Tories? <laughs> okay, so you can imagine it. But imagine then <laughs> if this vicious syndicate soon had control of the government and even the police force. <sighs> if your city, if your town became a centre of violence and crime where no one was safe. But then, can you imagine if amid that turmoil a group of determined young police officers swore to clean up the city um, and among them were Adam Hunter, Axel Stone and Blaze Fielding. Can you imagine mm. such a thing? Great names. Yeah. And if they were willing to risk anything, even their lives, on the streets of rage. <laughs> The intro, scrolling intro to Streets of Rage, which we'll be discussing today, the uh, 1991 cult mm. Sega Mega Drive or Genesis game, depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, simply one of my favourite games of all time. Um, still highly respected, highly revered, just still so much fun to play. Um, and we thought we'd have a little talk about it. I've just completed it, so it'd be fun to uh, talk about that, but also reminisce a bit, because I'm sure you had it back in the day, Sam. Mm. Yeah, I um, remembered, as I was kind of watching, a, I was watching a walkthrough, so I didn't play it, so sorry, but um, towards the end, uh, when you face some of those bosses, I started to, the, the flashes of memories started uh, started coming back, 
Um, and also like the little, we'll get to obviously, but the post credit sequence, as I was watching this, I remember this. Because <laughs> um, it's just so like, the whole thing's cheesy in 80s, obviously, but that those things stuck out in my head for some reason in particular. Um, yeah. Why would you, why would you class it as an, as an oddity? Do you think what makes it stand out? What makes it like a cult hit? Well, what makes it odd maybe is some of the bosses that you have to fight throughout the way. Fire breathing <laughs> yeah. fatties and, uh, and some, some serious like IP busting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A clear ultimate warrior ripoff. Yeah. Um, what makes it odd? Uh, to be fair, it's not that odd, is it? Really, it's um, it's just a great beat 'em up. Um, I think it was like probably more uh, on the violent side, maybe um, when it came in. Uh, then you know it was kind of riding that wave, right? Of like the Mortal Kombat's and stuff. I can't remember the timeline of all that. Oh, it predates um, Mortal Kombat. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, significantly. Um, it actually rode in on the uh, crest of the final fight wave. Okay. Do you remember that game? You ever played yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So basically, right. well, final fight, it was it was massive in the arcades. And um, basically Nintendo got the license to port it to the SNES. But a lot of people didn't like that version. Um, right. It kind of, you know... It lost a lot of the power of the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Um, sprites were smaller, less enemies on screen. But critically, uh, the SNES version, there was only one player. So, like, the whole thing about Final Fight in the arcade is that it's a co-op. Yeah. Um, so, basically, Sega saw that there was this kind of, uh, not backlash, but just a lukewarm response. And they thought, you know, we could, we could probably fill that gap and do something better. Right. Um, so Sega at that point had already ported Golden Axe. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, good old Golden Axe. Yeah. Oh, another classic. And you can mm-hmm. see then they kind of like took Golden Axe and they went, let's use that engine. Right. And we can make something that then looks and feels a little bit more like Final Fight. Um, and they tasked the team that made uh, Shinobi. Um, okay. And they've just done Revenge of Shinobi, which another classic kind of like uh, game of the era. Mm. So yeah, basically they took some really good talented guys, said, here's Golden Axe, see what you can do. Um, so basically it was um, worked on by, let me try and uh, give you a few names here, directed by Noriyoshi Oba. Okay. Um, and designed alongside Hiroki Chino with programmer Hiroshi Momota. Um, And yeah, they just put together this fantastic looking game. To me, it's just like so, like design-wise, got so much of that like 80s look of, you know, there's like street punks, cyberpunks. Yes, great. Everything looks a bit trashy. Everything's a bit like, there's like neon flashing. All that look and design, um, a lot of it, when you look at, Final Fight, you can see so much is cribbed from that game. Mm. Um, but to my mind, it's sort of like, in some degrees, you know, done a little bit better. But both games apparently um, take a cue from a film called Streets of Fire. Okay. Have you heard Don't of this? No. I looked it up. Let me read you the Wikipedia entry. Streets of Fire is a 1984 American neo-noir rock musical directed by Walter Brilliant. Hill. I'm oh like, God, Walter Hill. Yeah, I'm like, how have I never heard of this? How have I never seen this? She's fire. No, I don't know. It looks really look cool. Like the cinema poster is really cool. It looks like a graphic novel. Um, and if you just like Google Streets of Fire and do an image search, um, it's got Willem Dafoe in it and he looks absolutely berserk. Ripped. <laughs> No, he, look, he looks really sinister and really creepy and really weird. Yeah. Um, so this film oh, looks yeah. really, really That's cool. So weird. I need to go back and see it. But yeah, you can see how that like aesthetic has bled through to the world of uh, Final Fight and Streets of Rage. Oh, we should um, chat this down and watch it. Yeah, this is definitely on my list now. Oh my God, it's got Rick Moranis in it as well. I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> Did you see Rick Moranis got um, 
jumped on by some guy the other day. Uh, the other day, it's probably about six months ago. He got jumped on. Yeah, there's like CCTV footage of like, some guy like, just beating beating him up. Christ. Um, poor Rick Moranis. He's just, only little, isn't he? Huh? He's only little. Tony little. He's come back now, hasn't he? Because he took some time off after his wife died to look after his family. Um, and now he's starting to like, apparently he's going to slowly come back into, you know, being back on the big screen, as it were. So watch out, Rick Moranis fans. I look forward to that. Perfect for the Streets of Rage um, <laughs> episode. <laughs> so um, the game was launched in first in Japan in August of 1991. Um, mm-hmm. Not under the name Streets of Rage. What's it called in Japan, Sam? I don't know. What's it called? What do you think? What could be a good uh, alternative name what for Streets of Rage? Streets? I don't know. I'm, trying, I'm now making like cultural stereotypes here. <laughs> like I'm trying to think what's a, what's a Japanese thing? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking if it's going to be like a Japanese translation, it'll be like the the way of the um, angry tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I'd play that. Um, no, it was called Bare Knuckle. Oh, boring. Quite, it's quite cool. I thought. What, maybe they. So when they released it in the um, you know, in the in the West, they changed mm. the name Streets of Rage. Maybe they thought children might confuse it with a with a fisting game. Fisting game. You might think <laughs> mm, it sounds a bit like a fisting game. Probably don't want to give that. What's name one other? One other fisting game. Yeah. Kirby. What? <laughs> Talking about. I think right? Street of Rage is better. I think Street of Rage is better as well because it is personifying the location which I think is very important to this game. What? Well, streets. As in, like, the streets of rage. Like, it almost defines it as, like, these are the streets of rage. Like, this is where it happens, rather than bare knuckle, which is quite generic. Like, by almost pinning it to, like, a location almost, or, like, a, you know, the metaphor for a location, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's... Because that's one of the cool things about this game is the actual locations that you playing definitely like so the whole design of this game is brilliant and yeah we'll go through like level by level um but yeah it's so atmospheric and for the time and the hardware like the animation and the design is fantastic um the other thing we haven't mentioned yet is the amazing soundtrack which is still Mm. revered to this day really like pushed the envelope in terms of what was um, viable for the Mega Drive. Um, well, after other um, 16-bit consoles. Um, yeah. And that was by Yuzo Koshiro. And just a really innovative, like, um, and kind of forward thinking as well. Like blend of like house, techno, um, some like like Latin kind of sounds as well. Mm. Um, and we've spoken a bit about this before when we did the data discs episode, but um, yeah. really it kind of like was a few years ahead of its time. Like when you listen to dance music from like 92, 93, 94, you're like, well, we heard some of these sounds first yeah. on the Mega Drive. Yeah. I mean, that that intro sequence with the opening crawl. Yeah. And then like, and then it's got, it's like panning across the... Um, you know, like the sun, the, the like kind of sunsetty kind of twilight time, yeah, um, cityscape or whatever. And when that music comes in, um, when they all like appear out of the shadows, so yeah. just rage. I'm just like fuck, this is cool. I'm in. I'm totally in. That, yeah, that music's great. It's, it's really evocative. That it mm-hmm. sounds a bit like the music at the beginning of like a martial arts film to me. Yeah, like it's not too hectic at that point. It's kind of like settings. Yeah, it's a bit dark as well. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the same throughout this whole game is that there's a there's an element of like real gritty. It's just very dark, but in a good way. Absolutely. So since you um, spoke there about the intro crawl, let's just pick up the conversation from there and let's go through and kind of like just talk about what you do in this game. Yeah, let's go. So after that screen, um, basically you can uh, get a little bit of stats 
on the characters. So, like I said, mm-hmm. you got Adam Hunter, uh, he's yeah. 23, an ex-cop. Uh, his hobby yeah. is bonsai. Yeah, <laughs> I that. And he's, uh, he's an expert in boxing. So, like, it's, like bonsai, I wouldn't... If, you're a bon, if one of your hobbies is bonsai, I don't think it could be your number one hobby. <laughs> Like you don't do it all the time. It's like the tr- watching these trees grow. You just give them a little I like a, trimming every now and then. Uh, it's not like it's a twenty four seven thing. He's obviously like quite a. He's like a hard, you know, tough alpha male, and that's like his little bit of like his soft side. Yeah. He's basically ninety nine percent of the time copping and boxing, and then every now and then he'll just tend to a small tree. Oh, he's an ex cop. I mean, that's the thing. Is this, uh, yeah? I mean, like, there's obviously that Japanese thing as well. Um, going on there, but like all these guys are ex-cops. So have they left the force in order to go on this illegal vigilante hunt, basically? Yeah, let me go back. So what I was saying in the intro... Let's go back. um, They basically... A group of determined young police officers have sworn to clean up the city... Ex-cop, so they've left to do this, I imagine. Yeah, they're tackling this on their own. They couldn't do it under the jurisdiction of the uh, of the city. Too much red tape, and also corrupt police force now. By the looks of it, absolutely. Okay, so cool. So that's Adam. You've also got Blaze Fielding, a female, mm. age twenty-one. Mm. Um, history, ex-cop, uh, hobby. Yep. Lambada and ability like judo. Lambada is a like, sexy dance. Okay. So nice bit of like typecasting here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Axel Stone. Yeah. Uh, male, 22. Uh, history, ex-cop. Hobby, video games. Yeah, why do they put that in for them? Like, if it's, okay, it's established. Yeah. <laughs> I know, they it's could like, put something a bit more interesting. Something else. Yeah, History, exactly. neglected child, or something like that. Yeah, well, it's a bit, it's a bit boring. Bit, yeah. bit, bit glum. Um, his <laughs> ability is martial arts. Um, yes. So this is cool. Like All three of these characters, they are very distinct. Um, I, guess, I suppose that comes from Golden Axe, right, where you've got like the barbarian and the mm, dwarf yeah, true. and the... the, the Lady. Sorceress sometimes, yeah. Mm. Um, but, you know, sometimes, like, in games of this era, it's quite tokenistic, but here they do all feel and play very differently. Um, when you're making your, like, selection, then you get the stats come up, and basically mm. they are all pretty equal. You know, one's, like, more more powerful and can jump high, but it's really slow. Mm. I was going to say, is this, are they real things that affect the game? Because I felt like when you're playing it or watching it, you don't yeah. notice as much. It's just different moves or whatever. No, yeah, I really notice it. So I just played through this as Axel, um, who's my favourite. But back in the day, I used to enjoy Adam. Um, but he's definitely a little a little slower, and he kind of takes longer to do his, like, combos. Okay. Never used to play as Blaze. The woman. Mm. It's funny that, isn't it? Because I always choose... Like whenever I do like games and it's like create your character, I'll just do like a, a version of myself. Yeah, like, but as a you woman. Get people would be like, I'll do like pink skin and like black eyes and crazy hair. I'm like, no, I'll just make it look like me. And it's like, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, I don't know why I do it. I don't know. Like, yeah, surely I should be like in this escapist like fantasy where it's like whatever. And that's the same thing when it's like, <laughs> oh, you pick a bunch. Some of them, and it's like very rarely will I choose a woman just because it's like, and again, it's not a sexist thing, just because it's like I just want to choose someone who yeah. is, is most like me. And I don't really know why I did, but I've done that ever well, since I was a kid. You don't want to escape into another character. You just you just want to be Sam. So want to be me. In another, in another world, in a, in a battle for uh, the soul of mm. the Streets of Rage. But then I think like, I don't want to think of things where it's like I was given the option and I chose a female. And I, I definitely think there have been times, but I can't think of any top of my head. I used to play as Chun-Li a lot in Street Fighter 2, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, she was good. Um, well, because you could do the spinning bird kick and see her pants. Yeah, well, I wasn't 
because of that. It's just, no, she's just pretty strong. She's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's funny how it's like the classic, like young boy, oh, I'm not going to play as a girl. Yeah. <laughs> during that time, us as kids, oh, I'm not play as a girl. But she's, um, yeah, but uh, I like the fact that she was an option in the first place and she looks cool and she's cool. Yeah, and she, that's the thing. Like they are all equal, like, and it just depends on what your preference is. So it's cool that you've got those different choices. Um, yeah, like she is, she is definitely faster. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of like Axel because he's got some good like grappling kind of holds. So like, one of the things that I love most about this game is the versatility of like your attacks. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's just I find it relaxing. Like even though I've played this game so many times, I like just wandering through. <laughs> beating people up because <laughs> um, you can you know you can just like punch people but if you basically hit punch like four times you'll do some kind of like combo yeah um you can grab them um in which case if you grab them from the front you've got them like in a headlock and then mm-hmm. you can like do a move on them beat them up a bit or you can throw them yeah in which case you do like an overhead throw or if you if you've got them and you press jump you will like flip over them while still holding them and if you do an attack from that side, you can do like a, like Axel does like a German suplex. Cool. Just like boff. Um, at the same time, if you're throwing guys and they hit other villains that are coming towards you, they'll like knock them over. Yeah, classic. You can do like a, a you've got a backward move for people who are like approaching you. Um, you can do like a flying kick for Axel. It's a flying knee. That's one mm-hmm. of the ways where he's a bit weaker. Um, and all throughout, there's like tons of weapons and things to pick up. Yeah, so like you've got the classic like metal bars or broken bottle and things like that. I like it like towards the end of the level where you get those carts. That's what carts with the sil- you get a cart with like a silver platter thing on when you get to like the penthouse bit. And you can just like yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For, right, you can just push them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the um best thing, I like the bottle. because um, mm. when you get it, it's it's um unbroken and you literally just like smash it over someone's head yeah and then you've got this like jagged one stitch that jimmy so as i always think like the idea of bottling someone or having a smash bottle is always like it's just horrible and something about pipe is horrible in its own way but something about having like a shark that's why i always think like you know knifing people it's like knife crime it's like knifing's the worst yeah i think i'd rather get shot than knifed yeah, the idea of something sort of being inserted. <laughs> I think it's a deep psychosexual terror. Um, Maybe, yeah. That's what's fun, though, about Streets of Rage. Because in your normal day-to-day life, Sam, mm. you know, I mean, can, you just wouldn't do these things, would you? What? You wouldn't walk along, oh, pick up a brown <laughs> bottle and stick it in the face of a shrieking prostitute. No, that well, that was Sutton when all the clubs closed. Yeah. <laughs> Those days Maybe. are dead and gone. Yeah. Um, um, but can you imagine, no. like, if you did some of the things that these lads and lasses get up to in this game in real life, like, oh. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't walk up to a big, a big fat, fire-breathing man and just, like, punch him in the belly ten times till he fell over. Well, if he's coming at me, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the thing. These guys are just, like, these bad guys wandering around Minding their own business. And then you're like, oh, we're going to have to beat this guy up. <laughs> but it's always the same um, <laughs> same people. Yeah. Like, I remember watching it when I was watching it through. It's like there's not much variation as you go through the game with like just the general bad guys. That's like, true. Because, which is a bit annoying. Um, like the bosses, yeah, okay, it's a bit of that. And sometimes they like change color or whatever, but essentially it's the same fucking thing again and again. That's true. That is true. And that I suppose would be a criticism. Um, like I said, I just find it so enjoyable, that gameplay. To me, it's almost like playing Tetris or something. I'm like, just keep the blocks coming. Just yeah. keep those bad guys coming and I'm just going to keep beating them up. <laughs> um, so should we go basically level one? Yeah. Um, which... So none of this is named, but I think in the booklet for Bare Knuckle, they do name the, the levels and the bosses. Okay. So the first one is City Street, which is... Oh, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Pretty self-explanatory. And um, we kick off with a 
really iconic piece of music. Mm. So here's a little bit of music from, uh, from that level, and it's called Fighting in the Street. Yeah, so this level, I think, just really nice for like establishing basically your move set, getting you uh, in the game. But it looks, I think, amazing. Mm. It's everything to me. It looks like really late eighties. You know, yeah. this is like nineteen ninety one. But to me, it looks it's like late late eighties B movie trash exploitative kind of like like I said, like cyberpunks, and you've got all these like neon signs and things. Yeah. Also, like if you look, all like the cars and the. Trash cans are all like dirty and grimy, and there's a lot of alleys which all look menacing. Yeah, in nice themselves. detail. Mm, and it feels like gritty, which is kind of the point, right? And uh, I'd like to go into Bar La Devo. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, funny that. Just talking about them. We see the um, like first few enemies, and I was playing Streets of Rage 2 as well before I played this. Right. And I was surprised, actually, how... This is a little bit harder, I think, Streets of Rage. These guys, these, like, street punks with the ginger hair. Yeah. In Streets of Rage 2, they just kind of, like, wander over to you and you just punch them in the face. But they're a bit more um, intelligent in this game. Okay. Like, they will punch you, and they take quite a lot of your health if they get a few jabs in. So I was like, bloody hell, like, straight away, I was like, I'm in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> um, conversely, the other guys that are kind of like a yellowy colour, yeah, punks. You never see their face; they've kind of like got their back to you. Yeah, I know you're talking about. They've got like a pink mohawk. They're yeah. really easy, They're super easy to beat up. Mm. I like how um, you've got the basically the dominatrixes. And I'm guessing they're supposed to be like prostitutes with their with their whips, whips or whatever. Yeah. Um, why would I guess it's supposed to be prostitutes but just in that it's like all like sexual and they're on the streets I guess is where I've yeah. always just thought that that's what they're doing um, and yeah but yeah you get enough of them and it's just like fuck they can fuck you up with that annoying attack yeah and they're quite difficult because um, once you kind of hit them a few times they fall to the floor and they won't get up if you're hovering around right so it can be quite frustrating. You might just like get one hit and then you're like, oh, I'm waiting for them to get up. I have to walk to the other side of the screen, <laughs> walk back, hit them, hit them again. They're like, go back down again. And they've got that horrible shriek, really shrill. Yeah. Um, what else is fun on this level? You can pick up an iron bar and basically smash your way through loads of um, telephone boxes. Uh, that's, that's really cool. cool. Um, one of my favorite things about Streets of Rage is this. Mm-hmm. When you eat an apple. Eating the health. <laughs> uh, nothing more satisfying. So basically, when you get to the end of this level, uh, we get our first uh, boss fight. Yeah. Um, and you'll see there's a, a piece of meat on a plate, which yes. in my head, I always think of as turkey. I don't know why. I, was like, mm. I don't get the I always think of it as I always think of it as chicken, but then I think, I don't really know why. I think also part of it was to do with, um, I remember in the Tekken series, it used to be like, mmm, chicken. And you used to pick up a, a chicken to eat. Um, but it looks like a cartoon, like, yeah. isn't it? Like an old school cartoon, yeah. like bit of meat on bone. But yeah. yeah, I don't really know what it's supposed to be. It's exactly the same design as in um, Final Fight. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's ter- when you, yeah, when you go back and look at Final Fight, Actually, the plagiarism involved in Streets of Rage is pretty shocking. Um, what is, what's that meat then? What's it supposed to be? I don't know. I don't Maybe know. it's a ham hock. Okay. Um, but obviously, when you eat that, it gives you your full health back. So I'd always mm. I remember playing this and being like really anxious. Like you don't want to eat it until your life's at its lowest. But at the same time, you're like... Tactical. Yeah, and then you're like... 
avoiding the boss and then he just like hits you and you're like no i should have eaten the maze <laughs> <Why did I? laughs> yeah or when you're playing two player with someone who hasn't played the game before and they're just like oh great i'll get that you're like no <laughs> <laughs> you stupid idiots uh the boss here um do you care to have a stab at what his name could be he's a fun looking nice. fella yeah he's really weird he's like he he's bigger than you for a start he's got he's like his stance is weird like he's doing like the mexican like <laughs> like yeah um and uh he's got like a knife or something in his hand doesn't he so i don't know he's i think it's a boomerang oh that's right it's a boomerang, it's a boomerang. Right, yeah which is just ridiculous um what's he oh, he'd probably be called like sneaky phil or something like that <laughs> Apparently he's called Antonio. Right. Antonio. Um, I always think what's funny with this guy. Australian boomerang. (laughs) He's got tiny little legs. Um, But his his only other attack other than the boomerang is to like come and kind of kick your ass. And when he kicks you, it takes loads of your uh, life. So it's like... Those little legs. Those little tiny stumpy little legs. Anyway, he's not too much of a challenge, so... Mm. batter him at this point in the game it's a good opportunity to use your um special attack so yeah you know, that's worth mentioning all this game most of it's played on two buttons mm. and the a button is reserved for a special attack and you call in backup from the uh, police your erstwhile colleagues um and you can only use it once basically every uh every, well for every mm-hmm. life you get oh, okay um so if you die make sure you use it before you die and then when you come back, you get another one. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, depending yeah. on the character, it's like a, I think for Axel, it's like a rocket launcher, but I think some of the other characters, is like a, he turns up with a minigun. Oh, really? I've only seen the rocket launcher one, which yeah. is just like, yeah, boom, and it's like yeah. a circle of fire, basically. Basically, yeah, it's like an airstrike, does a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, so they're pretty, it's a cool little mechanism, and they would do away with that in Streets of Rage 2. Right. Um, instead, A was like a special attack, and if you spammed it too much, it would like kill your uh, life. Oh, really? Yeah. Every time you used it, it took a little bit of your life bar off. Brilliant. So that was quite a good um, innovation. But I kind of like that thing from the first game. Yeah. Um, second level, Inner City. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yes. Um, any thoughts on this one? Um, describe it to me. <laughs> Basically, you're in a really trashy part of town, so you don't have the, the bright lights and neon anymore. Right. Um, it's just a really like rough part of town. There's like some seedy posters. Um, and... Who's the boss for this one? Who's the boss? A guy called... Well, hang on. I won't tell you. Let me describe him to you. Okay, go on. Um, describe it. But before we get there, basically, I think you get a few new enemies here. You get this guy who juggles fire. Right. Remember him? 
Yeah, vaguely. Oh, he's yeah, right pain in the ass because if you try and punch him, you just like, oh, you get set on fire. So you have to kind of like, um, yeah, wiggle your way around him, maybe chuck a yeah. knife at him, that kind of thing. Um, and I think so. Well, maybe in this level, or is it the next? You start to get, um, or maybe it's the next level. You start to get these like uh, martial arts guys that can yeah. jump around quite a lot. Yeah, um, that comes later, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe that's the next level. Basically, at the end of this one, you get a guy who he's got very blonde hair, mm-hmm. um, some smashing blue overalls over a uh, red shirt, and he's got claws on his hands. Oh, uh, yeah, this guy. This guy. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think he could be uh, called? Um, Razor. He's called Southa. I feel like something might have been lost in translation there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, he was... Uh, I don't remember him being particularly tough, but he was a bit more annoying, if I remember rightly. I think that's a fair way of putting it. Yeah. He's not too hard to beat, as long as you don't approach him from the front. Uh, if you do, he just like slashes you to ribbons with his claws. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's all right. Level three? He's all right. He's all yep. right. Level three is the beachfront. So again, really cool. Like you're getting kind of these different settings. This reminds me of like California games. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. I like this level. Um, I can remember this one. I don't remember the last one. I don't know why. But um, yeah, where it's, uh, it literally looks like a Miami beach. Yeah, as you said, California beach. And I think that's, you know, where the, because this is where the Ultimate Warrior comes as a boss, like as if it's supposed to be like Muscle Beach. Right, like, yeah, The yeah. guys are just working out. Um, it's something to do with that, but this is where you start seeing like the skyline in like a very beautiful like haze. Um, and yeah, I, I like this level. Yeah, it's nice to look at, isn't it? Like you've got the city in the background, these palm trees, a bit of surf at the front of the screen. Yeah, um, and really nice. Like the music changes here; it's a bit more, kind of a bit more like upbeat and more like funky and disco. It hasn't. It's not quite as dark as the other yeah. uh, levels. Yeah, a bit brighter. Uh, like you say, you kind of make your way through and some more of these prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. More of these punks. And yeah, you get the uh, rip-off Ultimate Warrior. Ridiculous. Absolutely he, ridiculous. Has he got an, are they giving him a name then? All right, what's he called? <laughs> Abba Day Day. What? Okay. Abba Abba. Abba um he can be quite challenging at first because he just like rushes in and batters you mm-hmm. um but kind of yeah when you play it a few times you learn the uh, pattern and how to kind mm-hmm. of like, avoid him i like when you actually attack him he suddenly looks like quite a bit like he's kind of a bit fat like he goes, Oof! <laughs> and his fat uh, his face looks really bloated Steroids. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gets roid bloat. Yeah. Next level. Bridge. Boring. It's a boring one. I don't mind the background of seeing the city or whatever. And it's like, okay, a bit an element of travel, but you've got those like massive gaps in the road, right? Which you've got to kind of be careful of. And it's yeah. just a bit, pl- know, a bit plainer, a bit more blah. Yeah, it's a bit plainer. I like those holes though, because again, it gives you like a bit more uh bit more opportunity for mischief because you can like punch guys till they fall into it or throw them in there mm. which is fun rather than killing them you just like chuck them in a hole yeah. especially because yeah. yeah you get another one of these like fire juggling guys and they, they do take a while to kill so if you can just like somehow maneuver till he's right in front of that hole and then just like smash him with a baseball bat give him a kick problem solved yeah um, yeah, and you get some of these more of these martial arts guys. I think they get tougher as the game goes on because on this level they're not too hard to kill, but I think later on they're a little bit more uh, tricky. Yeah. And when you get to the end, you get one of my favourite bosses. Which one is it? He's uh, the the fatty fatty fire breather. Oh uh, yeah, the, the like football hooligan <laughs> thug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Buster Blood Vessel. Yeah. Um, why do you like him so much? 
I just find him amazing. I also like the fact that if you try and do your like throw on him, he will your back will give out and he crushes you. <laughs> which is fun. And it's quite easy to like accidentally do that. This guy, you kind of like have to beat him more by like punching him. And sometimes yeah. as you're punching him, you'll naturally grab him. And if you're still hammering punch, you'll try and pick him up and then right. you just go. <laughs> right. Anti-spam, literally. This guy's name, his official name, Bongo. God's sake. Bongo, there he is. After Amadeus or whatever in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Abadebe. Yeah. Um, and again, he's not really all that challenging. Um, I think for me, things get a little tougher on this next level, which yeah. is aboard ship. Yeah, it's weird this one because it's uh, why you want a ship? <laughs> like, where are you yeah. going? Traveling he's on the streets of rage. Yeah, but um, yeah, I quite enjoyed. Again, you have got the nice cityscape in the background, um, but yeah, I think here. Um, was probably where I was starting to, I don't know, die, I guess. Yeah. As you said. I think this but, was the first level where I lost a life. Right. Just because there's such a stream of these goons yeah. that you have to beat. And you get a lot of them coming all at once. Um, some of these guys, you know, like the, the standard ginger hair guys, mm. um, you get a bunch of them all carrying knives. Yeah. They're really annoying because they just sort of like rush and crisscross the screen. And if you're in the way, you just like... Yeah, um, I vaguely remember that. And you can you have to be a bit strategic here. You like try and hold on and hold on and get to a, a piece of meat. Um, it's the way to kind of like get through it without losing any lives. Mm. Um, and this is the one where you also start to get like mid-level bosses. So guys that you've already beaten. Yeah, come back. And you're like, oh, this is the boss again. But it's not, it's just like a mid-level challenge. So we get the Ultimate Warrior again. We're here wearing a rather sexy green little number. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I like the way they use this boat setting and you have um, those martial arts guys actually like jumping. Um, they come from like out of the side of the boat right. as if they've been hanging onto the side. And they all come yeah. like spinning Climbing onto up. the deck out yeah. of nowhere. That's nice. It's a fun little um, bit of design. Um, and when you get to the end, the main boss, are, I don't know what, like they're the twins, let's call them. Right, it's just the two women. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them being tough. Really tough. Mm. Um, they're basically like replicas of um, Blaze. And actually on this level... I didn't have too much trouble with them. I think I definitely lost life to them. Um, but when we see them next time, they're really, really hard. Yeah. But I think a lot of people struggle with this. And I realized if you're struggling with this, um, you can, again, it's all about identifying the patterns of what they do. One of them, they're not, they're not identical. One of them is kind of like a kicker and the other one's like a grappler. And as long as you don't try and like approach the grappler, because she will grab you and wrestle you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as long as you don't try and like do flying kicks on the kicker, then yeah, you should be able to get through this. Right. You'll be able to figure it out. Okay. You have, to, you have to tailor your attack to each uh, one. So at that point, you're probably a few lives down and you come to a factory. Level six. Yeah. Um, now this one, again, you're not on the streets. This isn't Streets of Rage. It's the factory it's like, of yeah. annoyance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fear Factory. Yeah, I like the... Uh, yeah, yeah, Fear Factory. I like, the, uh, I like this one in the sense of, kind of like what you were saying about the bridge, but I don't know, I feel like it's a bit more um, joyful, <laughs> I guess, a bit more enjoyable here. Um, with all like the pistons being able to crush you and stuff, it just it has a bit more of an added yeah. zing um, to the gameplay. Yeah, I love that as well. And the fact that you can goad your enemies in. Mm. So as long as you avoid it, you can be like, come and get me. And then <laughs> it gets stamped. That's really, really satisfying. Um, you've also got these like travelators 
running in different directions. Um, Classic. Yeah, just a nice little bit of variation in the gameplay. Mm. Um, and here you get, basically it's, it's a bit strange actually. So you get a mid-level boss, which is our fat friend again. Yeah. Um, and then the end of level boss are, is basically the, that guy, the Salva character, who was the level two boss, but there's two of them. Right. I, I, at this point, I'd start to feel a little bit cheated. Yeah, I mean, this is a problem. They're just re, literally reusing assets, yeah, um, characters because they can't be bothered to think for any new ones. And this is kind of my main gripe, as I was saying, with like the characters, the general, you know, bad guys that kind of come and get you. They yeah. don't change, and then yeah, they're just reusing. Um, because they do it again in the final level, which I never will come to. It's just like, ugh, these people again, <laughs> like fucking hell. I have yeah. Something new. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit exhausting at this point. Um, so once you've beaten those two guys, uh, level seven is the freight elevator. Yes, um, cool. And yeah, this is difficult because you're just in one, basically you're on an elevator. And so there's nowhere to go. There's no bonuses to pick up, no extra health or food. Mm. You just got to get through all these guys that come flying at you. Yeah, it reminds me of like, it's a bit of a gaming trope, like the elevator yeah. level, especially with like people attacking you, like Metal Gear Solid has a really good one. Um, Resident Evil 2, that has a good one. Uh, and yeah, there's something about it, which is like when things are on a, an elevator, just the fact that it's, I don't know, like you'll feel like you're going somewhere. It's also a bit mysterious. And also there's an element of like, this is going on forever. Yeah. Like, the longer it takes, the more your mind, it doesn't function to your mind. It's like how fucking big or deep or whatever does this place go? Yeah, um, I was getting anxious towards the end of this. Just like, when the hell are we going to get to the top of this building? Yeah. Yeah, but it's good though. What I like is that, again, you don't have to actually kill all these bad guys. You can chuck them over the edge. Yeah. yeah. So, again, that's really satisfying when you like grab one and just like... Hurr! Yeah. And you see them go bouncing yeah. off over the side yeah. to her death. Um, but essentially we're going up the side of the building, which is the building that uh, Mr. X, who's the head of this like crime syndicate, that's where he's hanging out. Yeah. So we're really, we're really sniffing the end here, Sam. Yeah, I'm getting close. Uh, there's no boss on this level. It's probably a wise thing, considering that we've already <laughs> used them all up. Yeah. Um, basically you just get to the top and you go into the uh, like penthouse suite. Mm. Um, and so that's the final level, uh, stage eight syndicate headquarters. Yeah, which is fine. It's like classic standard bad guy penthouse style looking um, place. But yeah, this is kind of for me, I don't know. It's like they just threw everything at the wall. It's like, every single boss comes back yeah basically um and at once as well uh, at one point and it's like yes this is just too much by now yeah there is well i kind of like that like when i started this level um the music here gets a lot slower and it feels quite dreadful um i really like that there's also something stoic you really feel like okay you're just, and you're just walking down this like very plush looking corridor mm. and it's just bad guy after bad guy but you really feel like i'm going to my final destiny now yeah true i really like that drama of it and you really feel like i was like oh my god like all these challenges that are coming at me and it's like another boss another boss and you've like got through the whole game like with all your lives pretty much and picking up a few extra ones um and this is where you start to really see them being depleted yeah you're like all that hard work I put in across the whole game, and now it's yeah. just like pouring out of me. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it does feel like that final sprint um, to the end. Yeah, I really, I, I feels very dramatic to me. Mm. Um, the innovation here is like you said, those uh, carts, dining carts, come like crashing towards you. Um, yeah, you have to beat up every single person, and then eventually you get to the like doors. Mm. Um, behind Demotion. which you, yeah, 
behind which you presume is going to be like, yeah, the uh, office of like Mr. X. Um, but at that point you have to fight bloody those twins again. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I got through all the other bosses, no problem. But these two, they're, even, tough. they're harder than they were on the other level. And they just will like drain all your lives. And like, I, I think I even got through like a continue as well, like trying to get through. Wow. Um, yeah, a bit of a nightmare. So make sure you come into that with a lot of life. And then in you go. And this is one of the coolest things, I think, in a beat-em-up of the uh, era. Mr. X says, well, you found your way here. Would you consider becoming my right-hand man? Mm. Um, And he's sitting there, all Billy Big Bollocks, on his big golden throne, and he looks really intimidating. Um, And you literally have a, uh, a choice here. You can say yes or no. Yeah. And if you say yes... Yeah, what happens? Because I need to pick no. <laughs> if you say yes, he's basically like... I can't remember what he says, but he basically laughs in your face and like pulls a lever and a trapdoor opens and you go back to the factory level. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> that would be so annoying. Oh, can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? Jesus Christ. Um, obviously, if you say no, then you have to fight him. And what's really good fun is if you're in two-player mode, yeah. if if um, one of you picks yes and the other picks no, you have to fight each other in a battle to the death. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and if you're, let me get this right, I think if you say yes and you beat your other... Uh, previous colleague's yeah. death, and you then yeah. go on to beat Mr. X, you get a special ending. Right. Because you've kind of chosen the evil path. Okay. When you beat Mr. X, you become the new head of the crime syndicate. Brilliant. Um, however, if you just go the standard route, so this is what I did, yeah. he offered me to become his right hand man. I said, no way. I haven't gone this far. <laughs> Yeah, just I'm a man of integrity. Yeah. I like computer I think you'd games. you have a problem with your staff by that point. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if Bonsai has taught me one thing, it's never to say yes to a man like you. <laughs> Not a time to think, Bonsai. <laughs> um, and this, to be honest, it's not as hard as beating those bloody twins. Um, Mr. X is massive. Like, he's just sitting there in his chair and he's like, clicks his fingers and you just have to beat up some more of these like generic punks. Mm. Um, and at this point, actually I should have mentioned we have the best piece of music in the game. Um, the best. I love it. This is my favorite, favorite bit. This is like the boss music for every single boss. I think it's a called, I think it's called attack the barbarian. Brilliant. Um, but this is so hype. Yeah. Let's do it. Attack the barbarian. just like pumps me up it gets the blood going <laughs> i'm like this is fight time brilliant nice very good i feel like that could be on a like if i did your prodigy compilation yeah of like 91 92 93 era stuff mm. i reckon you'd just go yeah it's slot right in something like really hard and aggressive about it yeah really okay yeah Nice. So that's so it good. now. We're at, the end, we're at the end of the game. Yeah, basically, you know, once you've beaten up these scrubs, he gets up and he's bloody massive. Bloody massive bloke in a khaki suit with his machine gun. Oh, yeah, um, so his machine gun, isn't he? Yeah, and basically you just have to avoid the bullets. Um, Can you if kick he hits them you, out of the air? If I remember rightly. Yeah, if you do a jumping kick, 
you can kind of like block them and they go ping, 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 ping. Um, yeah, he kind of like rushes on really fast, which is quite funny because he's like, he doesn't seem to have the best mobility. <laughs> so he's yeah. just kind of like... Um, but if he hits you, like you lose like half your energy bar Oof. or he can hit you with the butt of his gun, which is quite nice. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you basically just batter him however you feel. Right. Um, and when he's dead... You get the, uh, well, for you, the nostalgia of that very iconic ending. Yeah, which is just like, you know, looking out over the city, walking down the steps, like high-fiving the cop or whatever it is, like doing some like Predator style, uh, Predator <laughs> Commander, or maybe it's Predator, I can't remember, called Commander or whatever, style like hand grip. <laughs> yeah. The cop. Um, yeah, those are the bits that I remember the most. So this kind of like nice, happy ending. But um, yeah, with these three ex-cops who have now saved the day. And this music here is really, uh, really different to anything else in the game. It's a bit like that Japanese city pop stuff. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> really funny, like um, synth bass on this. It goofy. Yeah, I really like it though. Um, it kind of like reminds me the whole game. I was just thinking, like you said, it's it a bit of like a RoboCop kind yeah. of vibe. That like the idea of like the whole police has been taken over and the city is just ascending into madness. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very much of that. Ilk. Um, yeah, it's just anything that's a bit like post-apocalyptic, like Escape from New York, which is probably another one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very much of that time, uh, and that's all stuff I love. So. It was great. I like it. Like, you know, we're talking about, it is a, a bit The Warriors as well. Yeah. It's about Walter Hill. He did Warriors. Um, did Streets of Fire, which we were talking about at the top of the episode. Um, that influence is definitely there, I feel like, as well, through one way or another. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a good, um, fun game, to be honest. It's more fun playing it, <laughs> I think, in two-player. Um, yeah. So I haven't played it in two-player since I was a kid. Yeah. Because no one wants to play any games with me. No. Or just see you. No. <laughs> this is a, this is my only human contact time once a week. <laughs> yeah. Still, it's, it's not real human contact. It's no. Just... Subhuman contact with you. Yeah, exactly. So I was doing some Streets of Age 4. I was telling you the other day. And I was like, I have to put this down because I think we're going to have to do this together. Yes. Like, so one, two, three, four. Um, but it looked good because it's kind of cell shaded animation um, style, uh, and apparently it's a good beat 'em up. So yeah, looking forward to doing that. I'm really looking forward to playing that. Mm. I think we should do Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage Two, Streets of Rage Three, and then play it. Yeah, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. I mean, like all in one, all in one day. We'll well, let's see. I don't, I don't know if we're that good, but yeah, we can try. Um, Streets of Rage, obviously hugely successful. Uh, yeah, Streets of Rage 2 followed pretty quickly, which most people think is a better game. Mm. What do you think? Any, any yeah. thoughts on that? I think it's a better game, though I don't really know why until <laughs> we get we get yeah. into it. Um, we'll have to play it and uh, maybe uh, have a chat about it. Yeah. Um, Streets of Rage 3, can't remember. I think Did you have that game? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah I Streets of Rage 3 was... Um, was good but it wasn't the same as two it felt like a little because we were talking about it before i mean like you're an old man it's a bit weird yeah <laughs> yeah an old cyborg man yeah um i'm gonna play as this guy yeah i never i only ever played it a little bit probably at yours so um i've got it now i'm gonna i'm gonna give that a go I th- if i remember rightly as well and i might have got this completely wrong someone might be really angry out there i think it was towards the end of the mega drive's life as well towards um, the end yeah it came in so that like you know when they redesigned and they had like a blue spine the mega drive yeah, games that's so right it was a blue yeah. yeah and i think it was yeah just one of the so i don't think many people picked it up because they probably moved on to something else by then but um yeah i still liked it it's the same old shit really isn't it <laughs> to a degree <laughs> but you can't beat the original well you can Streets Rage 2 is better, but but you got to say it, you can't beat the original. No. It has got stuff about it that is different to the other games. Like I said, like that um, special attack um, and maybe some of those like scrub enemies being a little bit more challenging in places. But mm. um, 
Anyway, yeah, loved playing this. And probably keep playing it again, basically. I'm just going to keep cranking up the um, difficulty and smashing my way through. Yeah, it's a good one. Have we got any Nerds Corner on this one this week? Of course, because we have to talk about the soundtrack. Okay, let's go. Nerds Corner. In Nerds Corner, here we have Streets of Rage soundtrack on vinyl. Um, I've got a copy. We spoke about the record label a few months ago, Data Discs. Yeah, check it um, out if you haven't listened to it already. Yeah, bloody people loved that episode. They were raving about it online. Yes, um, they were. So Discs basically it's a London-based uh, record label and they specialise in Sega uh, game soundtrack reissues. Um, they don't just like take stuff and slap it onto vinyl. They actually like master it properly. Um, and they work in conjunction with Sega. It's all officially licensed. So this was the first thing they released this is like their launch title which makes sense right because there's probably you know like i said an excitement about this soundtrack it's considered one of the best ever um yeah it's good um and and especially of this era um so yeah i've got i've got one nice like red vinyl this seems to be like always out of print um but they do a good job of like reprinting it i think yeah. Um, so I think there was a pressing 2019 was the last one. So it's one of those things where like, if you want it, um, basically like give data discs a follow and at some point they will probably repress it, but they always do it like yeah. a different color or slightly different packaging. So people that already have a copy don't feel like they're being jibbed. Um, but they're nice. Like they come with these like, you know, uh, OB strip type things. Yeah. Um, and there's always like really nice, artwork they actually go into the sega archives and get like original um drawings so like the front cover's got the kind of like artwork from the uh like american and uk release but inside there's like artwork from the original like bare knuckle japanese uh, issue um and a fun little thing with the vinyl sam is uh they but they end both sides on locked grooves doing what so I think on the first side, it's the sound of the apple. Right. So basically, until you're willing to get up off your ass and go and take the needle off the record, it's just for in perpetuity until the end of time, just going... Um, and I can't remember what is on the other side. Some other little sound bite. Something, right. Um, but yeah, it's really nice kind of like uh, package, basically. Um and I also love basically having this on my uh, iPhone. Yeah. Put it on the headphones. And just when you're like walking about, just like walking to the shops or you're drudging home from the station after work. And you're I like... I think about being people up. Yeah, you're way. like, now, now I'm not. Now I'm in Streets of Rage. <laughs> I'm a 21-year-old ex-cop burning with vengeance. Yeah, it's people uh, like you that I'm scared of when I'm walking, <laughs> walking home. What's You're all going right. Their head. You're all right most of the time, unless that attack the barbarian hits. <laughs> then watch out. And then I'm like, right, here we go. It's uh, battering time. Um, <laughs> Batter up. Uh, anyway, uh, that is uh, that is Nerd's Corner. Do we have um, any reviews? Um, I don't know. Sorry. No, neither do I. Mm. Well, Let's forget that then. Why, yeah, why don't people write in? <laughs> That's what they think, and we'll read it on the next one. That's a smashing on idea. Um, no, it's good. I enjoyed uh, talking about that one. Yeah, looking forward to doing uh, the others as well. Um, it's a good, a good old-fashioned beat-em-up. Yep. Can't wait to uh, have our Streets of Rage sesh. Yeah, true. Yeah, it'd be a good one. And don't eat down, my meat. Uh, well, yeah, I'm trying not to, <laughs> but I do like it when it's on a bone. Um, Dan, next week uh, it's a special. It's a special episode, isn't it? Is it? What's well, so special about me it? it? Is just because it's one of my favourite movies of all time, probably. Definitely one of my favourite animated movies, if not my favourite animated movie. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? 
That is a good movie. That is but, good, isn't it? <laughs> did you um, know with Who Framed Roger Rabbit that the guy who played Roger Rabbit, because he was on the set, like obviously to interact with or whatever and do the yeah. lines, he wore a bunny costume to be in the in the huh? character. I didn't know that. A lot of the crew didn't realise that they were gonna like draw over the top. So they thought it was they were like this film is gonna fucking tank because he looks <laughs> terrible. Because <laughs> he's obviously in this shitty bunny costume that he just like put together to get into I character. And they thought, yeah. True story. Um it's not no, that. We, it's not that. We're going to be doing Transformers, the movie. Now, yes. Not, not Michael Bay Transformers. We're talking about Transformers, the animated movie, back from the 80s. Um, that's what we're doing. And it, it Robots is in disguise. Incredible. It's also the last film that Orson Welles ever did. Yeah. Those are one of the many factors that yeah. are going to amaze you about this movie. Um, so, so listen up. Yeah, if you're a fan of film, you need to see it just for that sole reason, really, don't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but honestly, it's a really great film. So if you yeah. if you can get hold of it and you can check it out, watch it before you listen to the episode, you definitely should, because um, it's well worth it. Uh, and that's it. Cool. Well, look forward to uh, yeah having that chat next week. Yeah, let's do it. All right, bye everyone. Streets of Rage, out. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 